0: All right, here we go again. Matt Cam bringing Jared back. We're going to continue to talk about, uh, in fact, we left off speaking a little bit about systemic racism. Um, Just not going to buy that narrative. There are so many other variables that need to be considered. We talked a ton about it starts in the home talked more about uh, coaches and teachers and things like that. Uh, specifically mentioning by the time someone makes contact with police, many times they're, they're already spiraling. Right. Uh, you always have that first contact with police, but that doesn't mean that as you continue to have troubles throughout your life, that you can sit there and point the finger and blame cops. The blame is not cops. Right. Everybody at this table realizes that there are ways that we can improve things in law enforcement. It's not a perfect uh, organization, right? right? There's no department out there that's perfect. There uh, needs to be more training And, and this is where I wanna kinda transition into. One of the big topics that's being pushed by the media right along next to systemic racism is the whole defunding the police. Not enough individuals I think are, are coming out within the media uh, because it's such a sexy topic, right That's what the media does they're gonna they're gonna sink their teeth into whatever's going to pull the emotions out right and the defunding the police has not made sense to me. they're calling for change. A social worker, as we've all heard, right social workers can handle this this, this, and this. We know that any situation can go sideways quick, quick. And you never know when that's going to happen. And when a situation does go sideways, is a social worker going to be well-trained enough to handle that sideways situation?
1: Right. No, absolutely not. The, an- the answer is a hundred percent. No, in fact, two have been killed across the nation from agencies that are trying to push this right. Right. Without hanging too much on the, the mental illness side of things. Us as officers, we know that typically when we get called to someone in mental health crisis, uh, it's got the chance to, to become volatile pretty quick. Um, and a lot of less lethal isn't, uh, you know, a, a viable option um, when they're when they're going to that. And there's a very specific way on how we have to handle it. You know, our agency specifically tries to give them enough space, make sure no one else um, – they don't have access to other people and, and just try to come to peaceful means. Yeah. But yeah, to I'm always interested to know what they mean by defund police, right? What
0: yeah, it, it's you, almost like icy hot.
1: It's an oxymoron, right? Yeah. Because what they're calling for and what they
0: want out of law enforcement and the results that they want from our interactions with the public, they're they're going to take our money away. Do they mm-hmm. do they realize? I think so.
2: Uh, just looking as I've been kind of. You know, obviously, with the times, educating myself more and more about this type of stuff. And um, it depends on basically who you ask, right? I think when they talk about defunding police, some people are, we need to do away with the whole system itself and and rebuild it from the ground up in something that fits our um, perspective of what um, mm-hmm. policing should be. Um, but I think there's also those ones out there that talk about um, getting moving certain parts of law enforcement into other realms in which we are not suited to, to kind of deal with. And I think, um, as part of that, it's, it, the tough part of it is, is law enforcement today has become a catch right? If right. you, if, mm-hmm. if you have any sort of problem, you want your neighbor to go turn their music down, Call the cops. Like a llama in the street? Yeah, a llama in the street.
1: Oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like a mountain lion on the bike path. Come on, man. (laughs) Thank you, President Biden. I'll uh, I'll tell that story another time. um, But all of that stuff, right?
2: It's it's everything. You guys see it. I mean, you guys see it uh, uh, as you guys work day to day. Some of the calls you go to, you just go, seriously? Like, seriously? So you're going to call me because you're... Your bike that was left out on your front lawn is missing. Mm-hmm. Sorry. sorry, I mean you know that's that's a natural consequence I, I I get it, right? It's a theft. It's well, it's a crime,
0: Jared. That
1: you know what that wasn't very nice. I know it wasn't. Sorry. Well, was to a bring lot. up uh, to to go off of that though, that is that is one well, that's thing true, though, though, right? So it's true. If you if you wake up and there was an earthquake and you've got a huge crack through your house, you call nine one one, freaking out. Well, it's not a medical issue. It's not a fire. So, okay, we'll send law enforcement. And law enforcement, and, sure story, enough, and then we're going out with duct tape, like, I don't, what do you want to do? What us do you want do? me to do with right. this?
0: We really are the jack of all trades.
2: You really have to. I mean, you really look at it in the in the diversity of calls in which law enforcement receives on a day-to-day basis, not just a, a month or a millions year. Millions
0: of calls nationwide. Right?
2: Millions. And you are, and, and we respond to things that, A, we shouldn't be responding to, or B, Right, And I think with the, going back to you, Cam, about the, the social worker thing is when you add, right, you add drugs or alcohol or both in a mental crisis and you add a human factor into that, it is completely 100% unpredictable, right? Mm-hmm. And, and generally, for the most part, when these people, these um, uh, clinicians are meeting with people, they're somewhat calm, you know, they may still have drugs or alcohol on board, Right, they still may be in some sort of mental crisis, but at least they're having their, their faculties enough about them that they know that they need to be in here with their with their therapist or whatever it is, right? But when we get called the nine one one call, we don't have that luxury. We don't get that. And sure, I would love to have a a therapist ride my in my car with me, right? And yeah. then yeah. Right, and then I can intervene when it's law enforcement, and he can intervene when it's a crisis.
0: That would be awesome. It's not going to go away, though. Right. That's the point is it, these calls are always going to be in law enforcement's lap. Right. There's just no way for you to have constant, ready-to-go social workers right. and, and whatever other organization anyone can come up with that law enforcement is always available for. Right. And, right?
2: We, and we need that. And that's where the community comes back in, is that you have to have that community support and have that uh, that mental health part of your community that you're able to work closely with and go, hey, look, yeah, we, we, we arrested Bob the other night. Um, he was, you know, he was having a mental crisis. He's out at jail because of the, the crimes he committed. And then your mental health um, professionals can meet with him there and start that process of, of getting him back to where he needs to be, where he's kind of even killed. And we don't, we don't have those types of
0: things. And it's, but yeah, because... And our department does a good job in detailing all of our responsibilities, right? right? Every single thing that you're mentioning right now, at some point along uh, the the training line throughout the year, we we touch upon those subjects. We get, I'm appreciative of our department and the training that we get. Right. But with the narrative that's out there with defunding the police, do people realize that that's what you're doing? When you take money away, you have full units. We saw what was happening over in New York. We saw what was happening in, in some of the bigger cities when you choose to not only take money away from the police, and I think what was it the Oregon, uh,
1: yeah, the gun, or Portland the gun or, or
0: Eugene, yeah, yeah, one yeah, of yeah, those yeah. huge. Portland. They took like six million dollars away from right. one of the largest police departments in Oregon, and what that requires the actual department to do is to take training away. It takes full units away, right. mm-hmm. which includes things uh, such as DUI. Now, I, I, I don't know that you could get many, many uh, people that are going to sit around the table and be like, we don't need cops enforcing DUIs. You're going to say that until your loved one is hurt. Right. Right. Or one of the things. Killed. that I, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hurt, killed, whatever the case may be. But does the public realize that that's what you're doing to us?
1: Well, and, and it's not so much that we're trying to argue that we want those calls. Right. I'll speak for I'm pretty confident 100 percent of the officers in the nation. And not one is going to say, no, 100%, I want to deal with the mental uh, crisis situation. Those are right. tough situations. I, I'd, I'd I'd be a happy man to never have to go to another one of those calls again. Yeah. Um, but you bring up a good point. So what did we experience this last year was COVID, right? So a lot of cities across the nation worried about, are they going to have the same money coming into um, their city? So they started caught making um their cities draw back on how much money they were spending. So, I mean, our agency is a, another example as to what's across the whole nation. And what happened? Um, training went out the window. Mm-hmm. And so what happens when there's no training, right? We need our training because uh, we have a prime example with this Potter incident that's that's going across Break it uh, down the for nation, the listeners who right? don't know. So Potter... Uh, is a backup officer for uh, a male who's being arrested. Um, and she has not attended training specifically for defensive tactics for several years. Um, and we just so happen to have Jared here, who is a master taser instructor. So he might be able to give a little more information when it comes to that type of not stuff. Not just
0: taser, but defensive uh, defensive
1: tactics. Yes. And we'll let you talk and, about that. And that's the actually going to be really important yeah. coming into this as well. But, anyways, uh, this individual uh, that they're trying to arrest jumps back into a car. Um, and we all know that that can be a, a potentially dangerous situation. Um, and she pulls out her taser and she says several times she's going to tase him and then says she's deploying it. And unfortunately she had her gun in her hand.
0: Right. I thought she was pulling out her taser. 100% yeah.
1: accident, 100% an issue. Um,
0: terrible and, situation.
1: Yes. It, it, terrible. And uh So it kind of comes back to they start looking into the training records and she has not trained. So I want to talk with you about, one, the taser, but you're also a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Right. And I just kind of want to hear your perspective on how that helps calm you, how you can keep level-headed, focus on your breathing in those types of situations, and obviously
0: the
2: importance of training right. as an officer. Yeah, absolutely. And so you guys know, right? I'm I'm a huge I'm a huge advocate for training, um, and the reason why uh, I I've done what I've done is because I want to be the best trained that I can for, you know, the those those incidents that we talk about that are. Um, uh, high frequency, high liability, right? And typically, use of force, um, less lethal use of force are those um, high frequency and, and high liability, and so that's a huge thing for me. Now, uh, for taser, tasers a, is can be a, a unique tool, and it and it goes back to training you because um, all of us are proficient with our firearm, right? We all are. Not a lot of us are always proficient with our taser because mm-hmm. it's not something that we maybe practice with that often. Um,
0: and I know that uh, not very often years, at all. Yeah, I, I would say nationwide, that's probably an issue. Department to department. Right. They get on the line for or firearms, you know, some departments better than others, but tasers way different. Story. Yeah. And I,
2: and I know that we've uh, our agency, we've gone out and, and have actually trained on a lot of this stuff. And, and then there's policies involved as to where you carry, whether you uh, carry it on a support side or a gun side, um, those types of things. Um, obviously we advocate that you carry it on a support side and you draw it with a support hand. You don't draw it with your, with ever with your, uh, with your firearm hand. Um, because that way, you know that if I'm, anything I put in my support hand is typically going to be a less lethal option as opposed to a firearm, uh, to, uh, I know most
0: people that are listening right now, they're, they're, they'll put two and two together. But for those that don't, the support hand, obviously your strong hand, I'm right-handed and I draw my firearm with my right hand. Right. I was always taught, and when I came into law enforcement, especially with what you're talking about in our department, my taser always stays on my left side, which would be my support side. Right. And I draw, and I had to teach myself how to draw and be proficient in drawing and shooting my taser with my support. Right. And one of the issues is, is so that we don't mix those up.
2: Right. Yeah, and absolutely, because you want to make sure that you always know what's in your hand and what you're using uh that matches the situation. And so that's a huge thing. So, uh, I absolutely, I've I've watched this video a number of times and and I look at it and you can tell she's 100% convinced that she has pulled her taser. She's got her taser in her hand. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I know that it's come up to about the color of tasers, right? Everybody assumes that they're yellow, but actually taser does make a a black option, Mm -hmm. um, out there. So I don't think any of their newer models are, are, are black, but, um, some of their older models, which are still out in use today, um, are, are have a, a black option. So, um, and I think that th- that's a huge thing if it's training, if she's never trained it, especially under stress, under some sort of uh, scenario based stress induced training, um, that could be a, a failure on their part as well. And like I said, as, as you mentioned, Kim, they're starting to pull those training records and they're, they're seeing that she has not trained that. And, mm-hmm. and so um, so that falls back to a department as a failure to train. So not only is the officer, um, liable for it, but the department is liable for it because you haven't trained them in something that they should be trained in.
0: And departments need what? And they need money for that. They need money for that. Yeah. This is, this is a no brainer. This is a no brainer. And, and please anyone that's listening, you need to understand it needs to be flipped if, if, if we're to correct, even within law enforcement, these these mishaps, we're, we're always going to have mishaps. Right. It, it is, they want us to be perfect. And I, I hate to tell everybody out there, unfortunately, things happen. Right. Accidents happen. Right. Uh, do we want to limit it? Absolutely. We want to limit it. We want it to be zero. But it needs to be the opposite. In, instead of the narrative of defund the police, it needs to be, let's fund the police. Right.
2: And it should be, and also when we talk about training and that, it should be effective training. Because um, I've gone out there and I've I've been to plenty of trainings where you just I scratch my head and go, uh, I don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that this is uh, applicable. This isn't uh, this isn't I, I don't feel that it's the best way that we could spend money training, um, and and just and then you come back to it and you just go, it's something I would never use um, in my career, and uh, and I think too along that those is for the officers that are listening is you got to seek out training yourself. Yep. Um, if you're not, if you're not training. And I think that's a huge thing that comes in, especially in the, the jujitsu realm is, um, is being able to control somebody and also being comfortable with being uncomfortable because you're in, a, you're, you know, you're on the ground, you've got all this equipment on you and it, you've got somebody on top of you or you're on top of somebody else. And it's, it's not a comfortable place to be. And uh, it's, I mean, to, to put it, out there it's not something that a lot of officers train and it's they're failing themselves um, and their communities if they're not out there seeking that training so if you're out of shape if you're not comfortable with and confident with your ability to go hands-on with somebody that's going to escalate as it escalates and then all of a sudden you're in a a, a situation in which you never intended to be in in the first place and so for me that's I'm confident in my skill um, and I know that I may not win every fight, but I'm going to be in every fight, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in it and I'm going to be in it to win it. And, uh, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody and I don't want to get hurt either. But at the end of the day, you know,
0: um, you we know, try to deescalate before right. it escalates. I mean, even, even as what people don't understand, if we're in a fight for our life, um, yeah, emotions are going to take over. Right. Why? Because we're human. Even all the training in the world, you're going to have some emotion in there, right? You wouldn't be human if you didn't have the emotion. But even in a fight, people need to understand we're trying to de-escalate the situation. We're trying to get the situation to stop. We're not trying to amp up the situation. We are not trying to get to a point where we have to pull that
2: firearm.
0: We're not. But that comes with money and training.
1: Right. So for our listeners out there, so you guys can kind of understand uh, a little bit on how important training is. So I was an infantry Marine, right? And I've worked with some of the other units out there. And you know what I've found the differences between myself as an infantry Marine and the Navy SEALs that I've trained next to or Green Beret or Marine Raiders is when we stop and eat chow, they're still training. Mm -hmm. Like they're not doing anything crazy high speed, low drag that you would think that they're doing. It's just training, 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 training is really what it comes down to. You brought up something I really like, and it has to do with, um, for our police listeners out there. Um, so I am a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner, You would I would call it. Uh, I love this story. Of about eight months. Um, <clears throat> so I've i ha- still... I haven't even got off the couch. i so tell so you what, we'll, it, is yeah. a, it is a humbling experience when you go in there and you deal with a 16-year-old kid that's 115 pounds soaking wet, and he chokes you out in two seconds, right? <laughs> It, it's humbling um, but what I've really learned and I've I've been in a couple use of force where I've gone hands-on with someone since I've been doing it and I've noticed that my breathing is effective um, I'm able to think through it as soon as the situation gets um, calmed down I get that the suspect under control I'm immediately going right back down you you know talking to him and it's because of that training mm-hmm. our agencies, do try to get us training, some better than others like we've talked about. But you have to, you know, take a little bit upon yourself and 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 go do that. There are that. programs out there. If you're an officer, um, check out something like Adopt-A-Cop. You can start Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at no cost to you um, and just kind of better prepare yourself so you get in those situations. Looking at that Potter incident, it almost seems like she's, Pretty close to that code black. I mean, she doesn't realize that there's a, a gun in her hand. She and I can't say she wasn't. I mean, that I mean. would that would be a justified tasing if she tased. I'd imagine. I don't know that agency's policies, but in that circumstance, he's actively fighting, resisting, mm. trying to get away. He's been told he's under arrest. You're good to go, typically. But. Um, in that circumstance, I look at that, and I was like, that, that's not something abnormal we deal with as police officers. The other police officers pretty seem calming. pretty calm. Yeah. They're just yeah. dealing with him, giving him verbals. She's giving verbals like training would teach you, but how often is she training? Has right. she been doing her draw strokes every time she puts her taser on? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Right.
0: And obviously, it's such a terrible situation, and, and uh, I know none of us are sitting here at the uh, t- at the table wanting to uh, beat that dead horse, right. you know. I, I can't even imagine um, what she yeah, personally it, I mean, is feeling she's, at this time. She's,
2: right? She's gonna have. She's going to live with that, absolutely. And and that's a um, you know, unfortunately, that's a, a mistake that has resulted in a, a life that was taken for
0: sure. And, but, uh, but we have to be honest, right? I mean, this is this is the transparency that the citizens across the nation want from us, right? right. We recognize and can't just defend and just make every excuse in the book. Um, there are things that I, I invite people to look up articles on force science. Uh, a lot of people say that really fast and they don't know what it is. It's called force science and there is actual science for anybody who believes in science that has to do with high tense situations right. and the reaction of the human body and brain. When you're in those high tense situations, we could sit here and make excuses. We're here to be transparent and just let people know we need training. Right? We need that repetitiveness like we've all... you've got to
2: be, you've got to be put in that situation. So, and, uh, and just one last thing on, on cam is that you put yourself out there. And I love that because you know, it's, it's different when it comes from me, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of officers take that as when I say, Hey, you guys should be training this. And they look at me and they go, well, you're already a black belt, man. You, you already got this thing and it's, and it's different. But the, I think the one thing that we always forget is that if you want to be proficient at something, it's consistency over time, so you have to do it consistently for a period of time to be proficient at it. And it and in a situation like that, there is no. My I've been doing this uh, in for jujitsu in for fifteen so years, and then, um, and then and been involved in wrestling since I was fourteen years old. So I've been, you know, I've had the abilities of of being able to control a person that is trying to fight back from you, even though it's in a
0: training but setting it came training. Yeah. It came through training. So, and unfortunately it's not always a situation where we have that money. Again, it comes right. money people, your departments need money, right? The defund the police is not the answer. You're actually going to open Pandora's box for things that happen in your community that you don't want to see happen. And, and that needs to flip and I think, fund your police. And
2: the other part of that is departments need to be out there finding the best training that they can for their officers. And then it needs to be continued and, 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 and all the time it needs to be really an all the time type thing. Like I said, and, and we all understand that money and time, right? Cause you're not going to be able to train every single day, but if you're training um, consistently throughout the year, you're going to, you're going to have far better officers, far better trained officers and, like I said, keep yourself in shape, keep yourself up on your training, and it'll it'll pay dividends in the moments that you really need it at the very end. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, So uh real quick, um for our listeners out there, um, I know you can't see Jared. Uh he is what 260 pounds? Yeah, about that. On, on a good day. He's, I mean, a, small, a, good he's day. a small kid. He is he is massive, he is intimidating. I'll never um, stop. I'll never stop. <laughs> gonna,
0: you know that the mouth will continue. Yeah, around. I, I expect it. Nothing yeah. Yeah. You're, um, you're tiny.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. So anyways, he, he's a he's an intimidating individual. And I would talk to him every single DT. And I'd say, man, I really should start jujitsu. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, it's really fun, stuff like that. And I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, but you're also 260 pounds in a black belt. <laughs> but no, in reality, I do really enjoy it. Um, and it, it's very effective. For our listeners out there, um, if you're admin um, for whatever agency you work for, make sure you're pushing training, thinking outside the box, our agency is starting to go a little bit more, throwing some sparring options in there or a little more ground grappling because that's more of what we deal with. Absolutely.
2: You've got to um, be able to control another person.
0: Yeah. And, 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 and talk
1: to your city officials. Look, you can't just stay quiet.
0: This, this, you have to open your voice. Yep. Talk to your city officials, talk to your admin and push and, and push the public to recognize as we're talking here, the purpose of funding the police for further training.
1: Yep, keep that training going. Uh, Please let us know your thoughts. Hit us up, Facebook, Instagram, um, and we'll continue to clear these corners.